the lines, Dan. I'm Tom Hackett alongside Matty Gash. No Spencer the Govorn today. Family duties. He's, he's still celebrating Liverpool's win. Is that what, was really happened. Immaculate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, uh, anyway, we don't need to go there. Uh, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past him. He did, you know, he did send me a photo. That actually. is a family affair for him. Right? Yes, it is. Yeah, so um, he's not lying. He sent me a photo um, of a root beer at like nine a.m. the next day. So he yeah. was going pretty hard for most of that twenty-four hour span. Yeah. So good on him. Uh, Trevor Allen is uh, our producer, as always. You'll hear from him throughout the course of the show. We've got a lot coming up. Obviously, three-two victory for Real Salt Lake um, in Colorado. Um, it was a match that seemingly had everything. Um, we got a club update from you. Uh, sorry, we got a club update for you from Maddie Gash. Joao Plata linked to a move. We'll discuss that briefly. As uh, well, I don't know much about it, and Matt does, but won't share too much <laughs> with us. Uh, Thank you, Tom. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll I'll give you the update, but only in written form on this whiteboard. That's I won't fine. Say a word. That's fine. I'll be selfish. <laughs> Nobody else knows. Uh, and of course, Toronto FC coming to town uh, this this Saturday, one Saturday. o'clock. Um, and then of one course, one o'clock pr- for national TV in Canada. Is that right? That's why we're at one o'clock. Okay. Oh, well, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, and then of course our predictions, but. Uh, without further ado, let's, uh, Maddie. Let's talk a bit about the game um, over the weekend. Three, two. You weren't out there. I would no. I was here and at Rio Tinto Stadium watching Utah Royals FC suffer their first loss of the season, two ah. one to the Houston Dash. We, and, that, and, and that game saw a lot too. Rachel Daly for Houston scored two goals. She's English. She'll be going with England to the World Cup. Very nice. Um, How are her teeth? Uh, you could ask the referee because she gave the referee an earful after she got a red card late was, in the game. I noticed a, there was a red card. Yeah. Um, I only asked because the English, uh, including Spenno, seem to have the worst teeth on planet Earth. I feel like this is just get back for the last episode. I was that just you haven't gonna even heard say yet. that. Yeah, I haven't heard the last episode, so uh, not get back. They're so, just truth. Well, see, Matt, Tom doesn't know how how deep, how and how dark it was, and like yeah. really, he hasn't even. You know, gone onto the surface of what where Spenno went. Well, to give you an example as to why I, I made that comment, um, two of the more popular dishes in England, yeah. bangers and mash, right. which is sausages and mashed potato, um, sometimes splattered with some gravy over the top. You've also got fish and chips. Yep. Um, both meals very soft in texture because the teeth are so weak that you can't act, you don't need much force to bite through a sausage. Or a or a beer battered cod. Um, anyway, I don't know why we went Speaking there. Speaking of teeth, uh, I watched the Andre the Giant special on HBO the other day. Have heard you it's seen great. That? It's fantastic. Heard it's great. And there's a bit in there where Ric Flair is talking about. Have you seen it? Woo! Yeah. No, I haven't. So seen it, Ric Flair is talking about how um, uh, I think it was either Vince McMahon or Vince McMahon Senior had told him that. Andre the Giant has two hearts and two sets of teeth, like a shark. Yep. And he said that, and it's just comical because Ric Flair, who's this giant persona, is talking about every time Andre the Giant talked, he's like looking up to see, does he really have two <laughs> rows of teeth? Andre <laughs> and the Giant. made me laugh because it's like, he was larger than life. I mean, not yeah. just huge in physical stature but persona too yeah uh, that has uh, nothing to do with the game against toronto this no weekend, but, uh, no 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 um 
I wasn't around for Andre the Giant. This is quickly. Yeah. We'll move yeah, on, yeah. I promise. Uh, I was around for the big show. Yeah. The big show. Stone Cold Steve Austin. The anyway. big show. Yeah, definitely. So the big show was kind of my Andre the Giant, but I need to watch that Netflix. It's and if you haven't yeah, either, maybe we'll talk about it next week. Um, yeah. Let's start with the match over the weekend. Colorado. Yeah. You weren't there, but you obviously would have yeah. watched um, through the television set. And, and I'll say this. Uh, any, everything that happened in the game aside... That might have been Dunny's most entertaining game. Very, very Dunny was done. fantastic in very, that game. Speaking of Dunny, uh, let's give a quick plug to the new podcast, yeah. uh, which actually happens in these very studios. Um, it's Brian Dunseth and Mike Petke, the gaffer himself. They go film their um, their television show. Yeah, the Mike Petke Coaches Show. The Mike Petke Coaches Show. And Featuring then they- Mike Petke. Which, where can you find that, Tom? Uh, you can find that at the KSL... Uh, TV app. You can also find it at kslsports.com, Trevor. Um, Thank you. And then they actually come right up to the studio and they record their podcast. That, I, I knew the name of the podcast because I saw it this morning. Yeah. What's it called? Off the Chest. That's the one. And it has a really nice crest yes. to the logo. Now, yeah. why didn't they call it Off the Vest? You see, we had a marketing team working around the clock on that, and uh, yeah. I don't know. All they did was just spit that out. I'm like, all right, we like it. Yeah. Uh, but they launched that podcast last night, yeah. um, and I assume you can obviously find it. Sorry, I should have said RSL.com. I'm sure it will be there if it's not already. It'll be there eventually. Yeah. So RSL.com, another place you can find it. Okay, finally, third time's a charmer. Colorado. <laughs> Real Salt Lake, 3-2 the final score. Son of a gun. Two penalties. And now we take a quick <laughs> yeah. time out. Yeah, yeah, Is it going to commercial? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I've got to go to the toilet. Uh, no, in all seriousness, two penalties, yeah. five goals, a red card that ended up being a yellow card. Mm-hmm. Uh, really entertaining game mm-hmm. for a number of reasons. It was one of those games where I'm sure many RSL fans were, were kind of biting their fingernails. Oh, yeah. Because it was a game they should have won. Yes. We are talking if you about... watch the first 20 minutes, you would assume it ended 6-0 like the last one in Colorado. Yes. We we are talking about a team in Colorado, Matt. Mm-hmm. That is uh, not arguably they they are the worst team in Major League Soccer. In fact, after Real Salt Lake beat them three two, they have now gotten off. They made history for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, uh, the worst eleven game start in MLS history. Yeah, they are o nine losses mm-hmm. and two draws. Yeah, they have two points to their name. Right. It is atrocious. And what's wild about it, in my opinion, is mm-hmm. their team isn't that bad. They are not 0-9 and 2 bad. They have Kai Kamara starting at striker. Yep. Tim Howard's in goal. They have a few other Pete. They, they spent a ton of money in their midfield. Mm-hmm. So they've got some class there, even though they're not playing like it. Um, it's just mind-boggling. They came very close to Colorado to, be, to uh, snatching at least a point mm-hmm. from Real Salt Lake, but they were unable to do so. Well, I think the criticism you heard from Donny, and I and I kind of echo it, is uh, I'm not sure which direction they're trying to go. Like a lot of teams, you can look at Seattle and say you know exactly how they're building it, just in terms of of roster structure. You can look at Dallas and see they're similar to us, building through youth, ha- sprinkle in a few veterans, and let them fly, let them run. Um, Toronto. They're 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 the team. They're Toronto and Atlanta. The next two weeks, we're going to see a lot of money on the field, and they fill in the gaps everywhere else they can with veteran players. There's not a lot of youth on either of those teams, um, and Colorado. It's well, they got a 16 year old left back, who 17. was humiliated. Yeah, 
for the first 20 minutes. Um, you've got, you know, internationals here and there that don't really fit together. And you've got Tim Howard's Kai head's Kamara, not in it. You've got Tim Howard and you've, yeah, and you've got all these individual pieces that there's no real rhyme or reason behind how that team is supposed to fit together. And it's, and they don't. Um, they, they're, you're, like you said, though, there's more talent than an 0-9 and 2 record on that team. They just clearly don't know how to play with one another. But yeah, and and it's uh as much finding the 11 guys and the system for those 11 guys to play. A week ago they played 3 at the back. This week it was 4. I do, I do really like um Lalas Abubakar who they brought over from Columbus on loan. He's a he's a solid player. Um but they have a few solid pieces sprinkled in there, but there's no depth on that team. There's, excuse me, no, uh, you know, they bring in Benny and uh, Benny Failhaber and and Kai Kamara, which to me those are great complementary pieces to help get you over the top. But as pieces central to your planning, when the rest of the planning isn't really in place, like it just doesn't make sense. Um, I, and it's just a lot about their roster buildup just doesn't make sense to yeah, me. Yeah, it seems like you you know a lot of the the, the fingers are going to be pointed at the the gaffer and, and the players, but to mm. me it's it's a front office, mm. it's a man, managerial issue. And um, uh, um, they're a team that scores a lot of goals because I mean partly because of the lack of organization, they're just kind of freewheel. It looks like um, they give up a lot of goals, um, so. That that's kind of the volatile uh, on field thing that ends in a three two result that looked like it could have been six nothing at at one point, and looked like it could have been six two in the other direction at one point. So it should have been three. Th- well, it it should have been three three if it weren't for uh, big uh, Andrew Putner with his big right peg, yeah, stopping a Kai Kamara penalty, and I believe it was the fifty eighth minute. Yep. Um, and then a couple minutes later. Sam Johnson scores in yep. 3-2. That was in the 53rd minute. Sam the man. We'll get to him. Hold, hold your horses. Yeah. Uh, what I think what I think uh, Colorado needs to do is what the Red Bulls did for some strange reason this week. Uh, gaffer Chris Armas, that's the Red Bulls gaffer, mm-hmm. he... <laughs> so they beat, they beat Dallas, and it was like 3-1. Mm-hmm. It was a very impressive win. Yeah. Uh, they got off to a slow start this season, mm-hmm. but they've won three of their four major league soccer games. Which is weird that they got off to a slow start because they were actually very good, I thought, in Champions League leading up to that. Agreed. What they what what Gaffer Chris Armas did this this week was strange. After being on a on a, on a pretty good run, mm-hmm. despite losing the week prior, he dropped ten of eleven players. Mm-hmm. Ten of eleven. I mean, Wright Phillips, you know, mm-hmm. a, a guy that's terrorized Major League mm-hmm. Soccer over the years, left at home. He didn't even travel. He's going out partying in New York, probably. He's got the money to do so. so. Or he's hanging out at home watching the game on TV. I doubt it. I doubt I it. Don't Those right Phillips brothers are trouble, I'm telling you. But, you know, Mike Mike uh, talked about that on his coach's show where New York's kind of going more to that youth movement now. Yeah. So it's fascinating, and that, that to me is what Colorado need to do. Um do we like But I, I, I don't disagree with you, but they don't really have the academy structure to do that at this point. Sure. So they can bring I mean you look at um the uh the kid that started at left back for him. Anderson. Anderson. 
I don't know that that guy's ready to start at left back in MLS right he, now. He's he, well, he's very. I'd like to. See, I, I'd, I'd like to see that guy gain some experience at the USL level. Yeah, I agree. And get some spots appearances here and there at MLS and and get his experience that way. Um, but their structure is just a little bit different, and that's where RSL is at. Um, a strategic advantage to, I think, a lot of teams in the, in the league in that the way the academy, USL, and MLS are structured now, and I think the plan moving forward, um, you're going to see a lot of young guys getting experience at the USL level and, and progressing that way. And, and um, you know, that that's, uh, that's the strategy, and I think that's going to be where RSL is going to bear a lot of fruit in the next few years. That that left back, right back, or full back you mentioned, Anderson, yeah. the sixteen year old. Um, his body alone is so underdeveloped mm. compared to your, your your standard major league soccer player that it, it at that point, Matt, it doesn't even matter how skilled you are with mm. the ball at your feet. Like he played one ball with the outside of his right foot. Down the line, it, it ended up being offside, but the, that that ball was in, incredibly difficult mm-hmm. to play. So there's there's really no question to me that his his skill set's good. Mm-hmm. His body is so small in comparison, mm-hmm. it doesn't even matter how skilled you are. I mean, you saw Bofo and Corey Baird, for that matter, just run straight through him. Mm-hmm. The first goal came from a penalty in which Anderson dragged Bofo down. So uh, I agree. And that was you. one, I think Bofo talked about this at training yesterday. That was one of probably three that could have been yeah. penalties in the first half alone. Yeah, there are a number. Anyway. Um, and I think uh, just to add to that, that's a player that if you're playing him at the MLS level, you can do it on a team like Atlanta or Toronto that has high priced talent all over the field. And you can kind of hide that play. Sure. In Colorado, they, they don't have that luxury of, of, of hiding him and developing him that way because they're just not good enough the rest of the way. They're not joined enough yeah, the rest of the way. LAFC had a fullback last year. He now plays for Orlando, and I, I'm spacing uh, Joao with, Moutinho. Yes, very similar yep. in, in that sense where he's, he's minute in stature. Mm-hmm. But you, he kind of went under the radar, and he did. So, he actually did some nice things. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite being undersized, and and he got away with it because the players yeah. around him he yeah. had confidence in, and they had confidence. You can confidence have that inconsistency, in and it's not going to affect the team as much because the rest of the guys are yeah. so consistent. It doesn't stand out as much. Um, all right. So as I mentioned earlier, two penalties, five goals, and a red card that end up becoming a yellow. Yeah. So VAR was used a lot. Yeah. Do it you... went our way every time too. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was do, bizarre. Do we love VAR when it... as much as? I think when used correctly, I don't. I think everyone in the league would be for VAR. I think we're seeing a lot of. Um, I would say correctly and consistently. Yes. Um, I don't think we're there yet. I think. I think. And I hope this isn't too critical of referees. I think they're still learning that process right now, and learning that. Using VAR isn't admitting you made a mistake. Yeah. Uh, and I think there are some that are hung up on that right now. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty fair. Um, what what I don't like about it um, is is the inconsistency yeah. behind it. it. And I think that's what most people are, are kind of stuck on is there are some plays that occur throughout the course of a game that the majority of fans or people watching the game in general feel as though that's probably worthy of of at least a VAR look, mm-hmm. but it doesn't get the look. Well, I think, too, um, 
there's there's two factors in that. One is that you've got to rely on the referee, the vi- the video assistant referee, to communicate properly to the referee that he needs to look at it, and then that referee needs to be convinced that yeah, I need to take a look at this. That's where you see them holding their hand to their ear yeah. so much, and that's them having that conversation. And sometimes it might take a, a, a minute for the VAR to determine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually do need to take a look at this. You're, 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 you're always going to have this conversation. And in my opinion, it doesn't matter how good the referees get at the whole VAR system. Mm-hmm. And here's why: because fans are always going to think certain, like myself, mm-hmm. um, certain passages of player deserving of VAR look. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always going to be the case. And and if every one of those passages of play... So I'm basically explaining how what I just said earlier you can't essentially do. I'm, I'm kind of right. answering my own question here. But um, momentum in games like soccer where there aren't many breaks, mm-hmm. in fact, there's only one, and it comes uh, at halftime, mm-hmm. um, momentum is such a big thing. So mm-hmm. if you break play up with VAR, mm-hmm. um, it's it's going to ruin the game. Yeah, the flow. And... It, and- um, I think the the part where I would say maybe fans get frustrated with that is when you see a few weeks ago Christian Roldan in Seattle gets sent off after VAR when he's shoved and his arm flies back and hits a guy in the face. And then you look Demir at last... Demir Yeah. He's having a hard time right. with that with his size. And you look back on... Uh, on a game over the weekend where one player, I'm not going to name his name, grabs another player by the throat and they go to VAR and determine that's not enough for, to determine violent conduct or anything of that nature. But Strange. being pushed and having your arm fly out is enough. Like, I think that's a, where a lot of fans run into. Jefferson like, Severino right. a few weeks and ago. And we see that so often. And, and Mike brought this up too. Um, you know, Savarino gets red for that. And then fast forward to our home game against, I want to say Orlando. I might be wrong on that. But Aaron Herrera raises his boot and, uh, ball, and ball goes off the player and out for uh, a goal kick. I want to say. I might be wrong on, on the exact part of that scenario. but And... Um, Mike Pecky looks at the fourth official and goes, a few weeks ago, our player got sent off for that. He's saying that about his own player and just pointing out, like, man, this is inconsistent. Like, yeah. Just be, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent. Just be consistent. Yeah. I, and I think that's what everybody wants. That's right. the consensus. So, um, quickly, red card or not a red card on Justin Glad opinion? Here, here's my. Uh, uh, I used to, I used to work with Arlo White in Seattle, um, who now does the games for NBC Sports, um, and here was his line when a play like that would happen. I've seen it given. <laughs> Very <laughs> I've political. Seen, I've, yeah, absolutely. I've seen it. I don't. I wouldn't agree with. I think if you had gone red and stuck with red. I don't think Real Salt Lake would have been like, man, we really got done over on that call. I agree. If he'd shown yellow and stuck with yellow, I don't think Colorado would have said, man, we really got done over on that play. But that it went red and yep. then switched to yellow, that's where there's the, 
Well, what did you see that made you think it was red? Studs. Yeah. And, and any time I see studs, right. I see red. Right. And what did you see then that changed your mind to make it yellow? This is Ball. the conversation with the referee. Yep. Right. Exactly. And so I, th- I personally thought yellow was the right call. But once red was shown, I feel it's difficult to go back on that. Given that it was a first... Because you saw something that yeah. made you say, red card. I think two things got Justin over the line. One, he got the ball, obviously. Yeah. Two, first offense, I think. That would have been his first foul. I think yeah. it was his first. Well, yeah. So that, that that's probably enough. Uh, Sam the Man does it again. Is that his new nickname? Sam the Man? I mean, yeah. I, mean, I, I can't say what his, nick, his <laughs> given nickname is on, it's on not, this uh, show, PG? I don't think. But, well, I mean, it's PG enough. It's just maybe a little personal. Well, he, we asked him his nickname in preseason. Okay. And he's like, sexy. Okay. And we're like, That's a, who gave you that nickname? And he's like, it's my nickname. He didn't like, tell you who right. gave him the okay. nickname? <laughs> he's right. an entertaining dude, man. He's Well, we learned a few weeks ago that he yeah. was not afraid to kind of open his mouth in front of the media yeah. as well. He, he, he means business. and He's uh, very emotional. He's in Salt Lake. To do his job and to yeah. do his job well. And uh, unfortunately for him, he relies on other people to help him do his job well. Right. Playing a striker, you need the deliveries. Yeah. Um, man of the match. I thought Bofo was excellent. I like it. Trevor? I'm going to go with Natum. He's just been... Natum was good. He, Natum he, was he, good. He's constantly been really good for Real Salt Lake. Easily the best defender. And he brings it every single week, regardless. You 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 uh, see it in his ratings. You see it just out, his product out on the field. He he's just been phenomenal. for He's us, actually so. referenced that too. Yeah, he's like, hey, man, my ratings this week. Yeah, Woo. yeah, boy, that, I'm on fire. That Tom Hackett. Fella. I was going to say <laughs> Tom Hackett's ratings. <laughs> um, uh, we're talking about, of course, this is a great opportunity for me to give a plug. Uh, CaresOfSports.com every week. I, me, myself, and I do a through the help of Trevor. I will admit, uh, just a play a ratings bit. piece. And uh, it's on a Monday, so right after the game, Ooh. fresh, hot off, uh, out of the oven. Uh, you can go check out who we thought were uh, the better players. My man of the match this week, um, as noted in my article, was Nick Beesler, which kind of, yeah. I will admit, I will admit, it was kind of hard for me to, to give Nick, mm-hmm. because he's not, he, how do I say this politely? He's a role player. Right. And that might offend him, and I hope it doesn't, because so. I'm going to bump into him eventually, and he might tell me about it. He's bigger than I am. Now, uh, he played such a sensational game. What's unfortunate about Nick Beasley playing so well is that I just know when Carl Beckerman returns, Nick Beasley's going to take, take a seat on the bench. Or Everton Louise, whoever returns first. Or Everton Louise, yeah, whoever turns first. And then, uh, anyway, but I thought the, the ball he played to Corey Baird, exquisite. Yep. The fact that Carl Beckerman wasn't playing, you would have had no idea. You had, you, you were, besides the numbers, you would have had no idea. I thought Nick Beasley was sensational. Two weeks in a row with an assist for him, too. That's that's good. And that was his first MLS assist back uh, against Portland. Is that right? So he's ago, got yeah. back-to-back assists. He's on yeah. a roll. The train is moving. It won't stop anytime soon. Uh, we're going to take a very quick timeout. we got uh, a, cl- a club update. New sounder. Stay tuned. Uh, Joel Plata, Toronto FC. Predictions. It's all going on. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. <laughs> I somehow managed to knock my headphones onto the microphone. That uh, that's why I do podcasts. That is actually a great way to cover your mouth, Tom. Well, can you yeah? Can you imagine like being on television and for some reason oh, Brian Downseth and uh, mm-hmm. DJ? You know they they have headphones on. Can you imagine coming back from commercial? Bang goes the headset. <laughs> I mean that is that's what I would yeah. do as I just did then. Um. Anyway. Uh, Matt, I have a, sp- a surprise for you. I can't wait. So we do this club update thing every week, and, and it's your this is your segment, yeah. right? You kind of control the segment, and you give us an update. What's going on? Blah, 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 blah. And uh, we go from there. I decided, because it's weekly, we need, to, we need an open. Trevor? Salt Lake Club update. Brought to you in full by Matt Gash. <laughs> I'll, I'll say when I when I heard uh-huh. the trumpet. Yep. My first thought was, "Hear ye, hear ye!" <laughs> I was like, "That's a great idea." <laughs> exactly as it was. Uh, Played in there. I like. Hear ye, hear ye. Here's a club update from Matt Gash. Yeah, we can. You know, the beauty of of a podcast is that we we can obviously change it. But I uh, like it. I I say stick with it. Okay, no, stick with it. Yeah, whatever you want, Matt. (laughs) This is your segment. Remember. (laughs) So if you actually Uh, want to do the the intro, the sounder, just let me know. I like it. I like that. I just. I'm just. I'm. I'm thrilled. That you guys had the same vision, and maybe a little alarmed that you guys had the same vision that I did with that. <laughs> yeah, we spent we spent too much time together, apparently. Uh, all right, well, well, what is going on at the club? All right, Real Salt Lake playing uh, Saturday, as we mentioned, one o'clock against Toronto FC. Um, let's see, what do we got on the injury front? Nick Romando was back in training this week. We'll see if it's full training. enough to have him back on the field on Saturday. Was it full training? Yeah. Oh. That's Which good to hear. Uh, yeah, he was near full training last week and um, not quite ready to to travel to Colorado, but uh, he was full on Tuesday. Usually Thursday is the day that yep. is a good indicator of where we're going to be. Uh, Everton Louise was back in. Uh, I want to say he was full in training on Tuesday. That's good. Um, Eric Holt has been back. Uh, who else do we got? Uh, Beckman. Beckerman was not, not quite back yet. Not okay. quite uh, back in full yet. Uh, he's older in just age. Kind of uh, his muscles he's, or whatever. He's easing along. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, we'll see where he's at uh, again tomorrow. Um, on the injury front, I think that's all we got. I think that's all we got. Marcelo Silva. Oh, did... Tony Beltran is oh. still uh, still on the shelf right now. So. Is he? Yeah. Ah. What a great human. He is one of the best. What One of the greatest. And every... Monday or Tuesday, whichever the first day that I see him that week, he right away wants to know my opinion of what happened on Game of Thrones on Sunday night. Is that right? <laughs> and it's become this really great uh, early week conversation that he and I have, and it's and it's goes far beyond just the quality of the episode. He's a reader. He he and I um, uh, have talked about Stephen King books quite a bit. Uh, he's a Stephen King, and I and I. Speaking of which, I went and saw Pet Cemetery last night. How was which it? It was uh, suspenseful. Good. Um, it was very sim- I mean, obviously similar to uh, the first one from whatever twenty years ago or whatever it was. Um, uh, 
different though. There were different elements to it. Um, and if you're a parent, that's one of the hardest movies to watch. Really? Yeah. And I've heard the, I haven't read the book yet. Um, and, and partly because Tony told me that when he read the book as a parent, he just wanted to burn it and throw it away. Like he oh, was like wow. so angry with it. Does he have children? He has a, yeah, a boy, yeah. Oh, a little boy. A little over a year old, yeah. Oh, By the nice. way, something about Tony. I just want to point this out, and, and it's kind of giving a plug to Tom's Tom Can't Hack It, where Tom was what was trying to reenact Kyle Beckerman's Ooh. The, the Becker he was, Bomb. He was way I better than how, I was on that episode. Oh, <laughs> I, I love how Tony was really motivating to Tom, but then when you go over to Matt, just try harder. Mm-hmm. That was all, all that Matt mm-hmm. said. I loved Matt's advice, but we all know Tony's a great guy. Matt, I just like how he just shot it straight. Mind you, Tony didn't have to come out. No. Uh, another plug, if you don't get paid for any of these, by the way, should do, boo. Uh, if you go to KSLSports.com, you can find that under the RSL section. And um, basically, I, I tried to recreate this, the goal from 2017, forget the date, but uh, oh, April 28th, I believe, the 4-1 victory up there at Providence Park. Where Carl Beckman, I'll never forget that goal because I was watching on my couch and I just thought, there's no way Carl's hitting it from there. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, I just went absolutely <laughs> bonkers by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a, I, <laughs> yeah, I had a great like. time. Well, you don't want to know what's that like, okay? I was <laughs> no. in my undies, fucking <laughs> my toenails. I, I did not need to know that part. Anyway, um, and I failed miserably trying to recreate Actually, that there were a couple that were close. One of them that that hit hit the crossbar. There were three that were close. Well, okay, Matt, you saw two I was there of them. for two of them. I'm, yeah. I'm only going off a of video of what was done, so I don't know the raw footage. There were there were several yeah. that were not so close. Oh, trust me. <laughs> how's yeah, your that, how how's your hammy doing? Uh, hamstring fine, groin in trouble. <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> technically, it had him out of action last week. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I didn't come into work. You didn't even come into the show last so week. So that's why you didn't come to work. <laughs> it's one of the reasons I I have a wife now is for for when my groin starts playing up because of my my Tom can't hack it goes poorly. I think we're going down a slippery slope here, Tom. Well, I'm not going to ask you to massage my groin, Trevor. <laughs> come on. Did I'm you not, really just I'm say gonna, that? I'm not going to ask Matt to massage my groin. Look, look look at Matt's face right now. If only we were on video. Yeah. He's I can't here just... massage my own groin. I'm pretty sure you. Uh, moving on. You know what? Right, moving on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, well, I should have stopped talking a long time ago. Um, technically, we're still in Matt's uh, segment, the yeah. club update. Yeah. What with, else do we need? With ba- uh, and based on kind of how it's gone, it might not come I, back I, next I will, week. I will. Uh, uh, there's a lot of things that I can't talk about at this point. Yes. But um, I would say there will be or could be. A lot of news upcoming. Yes, uh, with Brielle Salt Lake, Matt- and, and a lot of things that, uh, and uh, some things that I would say would go a long way in shaping uh, the future of Real Salt Lake. Matt, I would just say take take this time because it, it sounds like you have a lot bottled up in there. I think it's time to just to let it out. I do to just let it out, and you know what? I'm not rolling anymore on this. Yeah. So yeah, I, Trevor, it's the, the oldest <laughs> trick in the book. Yeah. Okay, and, and hey, we it, want this podcast. Who was it that Barbara Walters did that to? I can't remember. You remember? Do you know what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. If we want this podcast, one of our listeners there should tweet. <laughs> who was it that Barbara Walters yeah. did that? With? Yeah, tweet at us. It was at KSL Sports wow. or yes. at Real Salt Lake. Um, I'm gonna look it up. So Matt told me it's going to be a busy time coming it, up. It, that, that's I mean, kind of the every week is busy at Real Salt Lake with 
so many teams. And, oh, and I should mention this tonight, Utah Royals FC Reserves. By the time you hear this, the game will have been over. But Utah Royals FC Reserves playing their first game of existence out at Zions Bank Stadium That's in the cool. WPSL. Yeah, there's there's actually a lot of local ties on, yeah. on that. I think there's oh, – I, th- I actually wrote, wrote the story on KSLsports.com. Um, there's a lot of U- former Utah there's, BYU There's players. at least five Utes, five BYU that are current students uh, play, playing at the U, and then there's two Aggies, three Wolverines, or four Wolverines, and one from Weber State, and then you have two that are post-grads at the University of Utah that are on the team. So that's exciting. Um, there's going to be more depth for the Royals. I'll do some dirty work for you, Matt, because technically we're still in this club update. Boy, yeah. it's been a long club update. Uh, I've got this right in front of me. So the Royals, they're on the road this week. They're playing North Carolina Sunday, 3 o'clock kickoff Mountain yeah. Time. They're coming off, uh, as you mentioned earlier, first loss, loss of the season, falling 2-1 to Houston at home. Mm-hmm. They're now 3-1 and one on the year. They slipped from first spot to second. They're only a point behind, mm-hmm. mind you in the NWSL. Um, and for more on that story, obviously, RSL.com. You can go to KSLSports.com. Trevor wrote about the piece for all of uh, the news and notes that occurred throughout that 90 minutes. The Monarchs, Maddie, mm-hmm. they traveled to OKC. They played the Energy at 6.30 p.m. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're coming off a 4-2 loss to Fresno. They currently sit, unfortunately, 15th out of a possible 18. Um and as always, you can catch the Royals, Monarchs, and RSL and RSL on KSLSports.com or the KSL TV app found wherever you download your apps. <laughs> okay, so that's the club update. We need an ending to the club update. We don't have one, but we'll... Uh, we'll, we'll hear we'll... ye, hear ye. There you go. Thank you, Trevor. Uh, Joel Plata. Yeah, this will be a quick segment, too, yeah. uh, because uh, Matt won't tell us everything he knows, unfortunately, and I don't know much. He was linked to a move, uh, linked with a move to Liga MX club Atletico San Luis. I guess, I, I guess maybe the conversation we can have that's not going to get you in any trouble. More importantly, is from a fan perspective, should there be any surprises regarding Joao Plata, or just in general? Just regarding <laughs> jo- Joao Plata leaving I think, now. I think. Um... If you look at his time in MLS from when he first got drafted in 2011 uh, by Toronto FC, um, he's he's had the aspiration of going abroad to Europe or to Mexico. Um, And uh, so by that perspective, I feel like every transfer window – for at I've, least the last couple of years. Since I've been here, yeah. I've been like, all right, this is this is the one where we're going to lose our little Ecuadorian dancer. Uh, he, he's an entertaining player to watch. And I'm going to pretend that didn't happen, Trevor. Trevor, we pay my, you. We... My first time running a soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Um, um, but I, I just, I, the reason I ask is, um, I just don't think that there's all that much surprise as much as he's beloved here in Real, so in Salt Lake City or in Sandy, he, um, 
throughout not, the valley, he's beloved. Yeah, throughout the state. Yeah, he's not quite having the season that we're used to seeing from him. Um, there's a lot of depth, obviously, now at that position he plays mm-hmm. on on either left or the right wing. And he's been at the club for seven years. That's a, that is a long time in Major League Soccer. That's An a lifetime. Yeah, you don't see players playing seven years for one club. Uh, and and often, I should say, if you were to ask him, he would probably tell you that it's probably a good time. If it happens, mm-hmm. it's probably a good time to move on. And and he comes across as if he's ready to move on. Is is probably what I'm trying to get at just and I don't know him I, he, he kind of refuses to speak to the media because <laughs> he claims he can't speak English and I, I have heard he can but let's not go there um I'd love to chat to him but I won't and he's not having the season he he should be but well the, but, I think uh, I think given the circumstances of of uh the youth movement at RSL and the right. direction of the club um and and, and he was you know, to his credit, uh, he was fine in preseason, had a really, I thought, a good game in Houston, and then uh, a tackle in Houston ends up uh, uh, screwing up his ankle a little bit, and he misses four or five weeks and then takes some time to get back into it. He scored a goal for the Monarchs uh, in his rehab, and uh, he's been a, a key piece. He's typically the first or second guy off the bench, um, for RSL when they need some attacking help. And um, obviously he's a guy whose uh, age and experience would constitute starting on most teams. Um, but with the uh, kind of development of players like Savarino, Baird, Saucedo, uh, the minutes are, are hard to come by. Very much so. And I think the three you mentioned there are young, they're up and coming. And uh, you could add Brooks Lennon to that mix as well. He, he hasn't played that on on that wing a lot, but um, he's another guy that uh, you're competing for for playing time in that role. So the the mid season transfer window opens July 10th. So we obviously have a fair bit of time until um, if if Joao's going to leave. Then uh, am I right in saying that? Is that that right? is the open of the summer transfer? That window, is the correct. open of the summer. Okay, good. I'm on Wikipedia just to double mm-hmm. check. And I never quite trust Wikipedia. You never yeah. know who's putting stuff out there, do you? Because I've done it many a times. But you know you can trust Wikipedia because anyone can edit it. So. Right. And I, I, <laughs> I, I edit Wikipedia a lot. Uh, Especially your own, your own poorly. page? Have I told the, uh, the Matt no. Hasselbeck story here? No. Matt Hasselbeck, uh, back when he was uh, playing still, uh, he would be frequently do radio interviews and TV interviews and whatever. And, and he kept having it come up that uh, he got struck by lightning. What? Oh, someone put And someone Wikipedia. had put that on his Wikipedia, so he gets it taken off um, because he's tired of answering these questions about being struck by lightning. That saying, is hilarious. Sorry, I wasn't struck by lightning. So it gets taken off, and then he's going, and he's doing another ra- radio interview, you know, in whatever NFL market. So I'm reading here on your Wikipedia page that you got struck by lightning twice. <laughs> and he's like, "What do I gotta do?" By, by then, what do just, I gotta by do then, just Wikipedia roll with thing? it. Just roll with it. Oh, that's awesome. I, 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 uh, I do actually get. I'm on Wikipedia a fair bit, kind yeah. of fact checking things, and uh, you never quite know how to trust. Um, moving on. So that's the Joao Platter for you. Uh, like I said earlier, you would have learned nothing. But um, moving on, Toronto FC this Saturday, 1 p.m. at home. Yes. 
Before we get to the predictions, yes. let's uh, quickly kind of talk about who Toronto are. Um, they're a hard team to judge. They are. Because they've, they've kind of gone up and down a lot. Mm-hmm. They're currently on a down. They're, they've had back-to-back losses. 2-1 loss to Philly, uh, the Union, who, by the way, are really good this year. They are. And uh, two weeks ago, they lost 2-0 to Atlanta. And as we speak, they're playing. they are playing against DC United in uh, Toronto. So, so they'll be flying over from uh, what presumably should be a really tough game for them. Uh, DC, one of the top teams. I don't know if they're top record-wise right now, but one of the top teams in the East, talent-wise. They are. Um, this is very similar or reminiscent of the week leading up to the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. So the Gal- yeah, you're right. The Galaxy. The only difference, I guess, is that this week RSL are playing at home as opposed to yeah. on the road. Um, and and during that second half against the Galaxy, Galaxy in particular, it looked like RSL dominated the play. Until Zlatan popped up and scored the match mm-hmm. winner in the 78th minute. But but that first Not half... Not much was... else happened after that either. So. No, no, no. no. <laughs> How was... I haven't spoken to you since then. How was the locker room there? I actually uh, talked to him about it. We didn't talk about it on air, but yeah, yeah. it's awesome. You probably can't say everything no. on air, but like... Well, was that, have you ever him, experienced him painted that? the painted the picture. Have I ever experienced a player from another team coming into yeah. our locker room? Never. Ever. And there's good reason for that, because sure. it's something that players don't do. But you're not allowed to do it. Yeah. As Nadem said in his press conference, Matt, yeah. that locker room is for the, the, the staff and the players of Real Salt Lake. They could yeah. be going over the match, yeah. s- talking strategy. And uh, uh, what, what, Did anything happen to Zlatan? Uh, he played in the next game. Okay. Uh, That's good. Scored a goal and was like in the hugging, next game. And was like hugging the goalkeeper. Yeah. Among well, other as Latan has said many times, this is uh, this is this is yeah. his league, right? Yeah, yeah. But Toronto. Yeah, Toronto yeah. got a good striker, they much got, like Zlatan. Uh, yeah, Josie out the door. Uh, they got Pozuelo kind of playing that Juvinko role now. Um, Michael Bradley's still there, still strong. Um, they'd never really replaced Victor Vasquez there, who was a key piece, I thought, for them. Um, but again, they're they're a team that has weapons at their disposal. Um, I think a lot like a lot like Colorado, but more talented. They score goals. They give up goals. They've only been shut out once this year. I think they only have one, maybe two shutouts to their credit. Um, but they uh, the games they lose, they lose three two, three one. Um, they're they but yeah, like like I said, they're a talented team. Um, kind of depending on who they travel uh, this weekend, that could be uh, a very difficult matchup for Real Salt Lake. And I think the next two weeks, um, records aside, you're going to see a lot of talent on the field for both teams. Despite the topsy-turvy season that I mentioned earlier, they're still sitting in sixth spot Mm -hmm. in the Eastern Conference. Um, And two uh, Real Salt Lake connections on that team, uh, Eric Zavaleta, Okay. Their center back played at the Real Salt Lake Academy for a brief time. Very cool. And while he was there, he was playing under his uncle. Wow. Who is the current head coach of Toronto FC, Greg Vaney. Wow. So he's so he's playing for his uncle at, yeah. at professional level. Yeah. That's Which cool. is cool. Is um I wonder what happens. It's his mom's brother. I wonder oh. what happens at like Christmas time if like you have a really bad season. Yeah. <laughs> like, also, no ham for you. Yeah. By the way, another connection, former RSL president. Bill Manning, Manning, right? 
was president of Toronto FC. There you go. So it's kind of a homecoming for some individuals there at Toronto. Uh, they've scored 22 goals and conceded 17. Mm-hmm. So they're, uh, they're in the plus when it comes to goal difference. It's, it's 17 one... goals allowed in 10 games is not something to be super proud of. No. What's RSL at? Let's... I don't want to talk about Do we, that. Should we have a look at that? <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, Matt, you, gotta, you better bite your tongue, my friend. Hey, that, uh, Especially if Mike's listening. Well, I, I think, and Mike would, I think, Agree with he'd this. be the first to admit. First to admit, he always seems take to away, be. take away a few of those red cards, and I mean, the the DC game got away from him. Yeah. Um, outside of that, and and Dallas at home was not a, a, a very good showing. But and that, again, you're looking at a first half red card in that game. Um, outside of those two games with uh, those first half red cards, that though that goals allowed total is a much different number. Um, quickly, for, for predictions, uh, for the record, Real Salt Lake now sitting seventh. Mm-hmm. They have scored 15, conceded 20, um, mainly in part for the red card thing, yeah. I would say. that There were a lot of goals conceded. They've been better defensively than their, uh, than the numbers indicate. Yes, very much so. So they, they're, they're in the negatives, but they're still sitting in seventh. So they're, they're in the playoffs at the minute now, a lot of football left. Um, the final part of the show, as, as we do every week, mm-hmm. are uh, the predictions. Yeah. Trevor, cue the music. This is a very dramatic ending to our, to our episode, Matt. This um, sounds like it could be music leading into the final scene of the show on Sunday night that I'll be watching at 7 o'clock on HBO. That's very funny you say One that. One that I have never seen. Really? Never watched Game of Thrones. Um, that, that's interesting you say that. It's not, it's not a Game of Thrones yeah. song. Um, well, we wouldn't be allowed to use it, but... It is a uh, it is a final scene from a movie, um, off a of some free playlist. Really? That we get here at KSL. So, do you know the movie? Uh, Are you allowed to say? I don't know the movie. I don't. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor, Trevor tried to speak. I was actually going to talk. I just forgot to turn on my mic. I was. I was. I was going to say Tom has one of his minions pulled it up for him because you know Tom's kind of a big deal. Wouldn't say big deal. Was it Minions? Was this from Minions? <laughs> it very well could have been. been. Uh, uh, very dramatic Minions. Yeah. Trevor, predictions. Yes. Go. Uh, Toronto's a good team. Which which Toronto team's going to show up? I don't know. So I'm going to say... <laughs> you sounded like uh, the Will Ferrell uh, uh, cheerleader. <laughs> which Toronto's going to show up? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Unbelievable. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say two-two uh, draw. Okay. Jeez, Trev. Matt, I know what you're gonna say, but carry on. Six uh, nothing. Six nothing. Yeah, <laughs> no, every week. Yeah. Oh, I do. Yeah. I don't see why not. You're sticking to six nothing. <laughs> no, no, I think two-one. Two-one. Okay. To um, the good guys. To the good guys, obviously. I am gonna go with a uh, another three-two thriller. Sam the man coming up trumps for the Claret and Cobalt again sometime in the second half. I think that's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game, honestly. Uh, without further ado, um, and so we stop all our listeners from crying due to this music. We uh, we must wrap up this show and uh, hope. How about Game of Thrones predictions? You got any of those? Uh, I'm not up to date. I will okay. admit. Really? What is this Game of Thrones you guys speak of? Okay. Yeah. If if that ain't our cue to leave, then now it's so. <laughs> uh, from myself, Trevor, the producer, and of course, Maddie uh, Spenner, we do miss you, despite uh, talking poorly about you earlier. Uh, Fix those teeth, will you, Spenner? We'll be back next week. Goodbye.